Welcome back, guys, to the Dump Off Podcast. Uh, we got KB here. We got G, Dilly, Chino, and Taryn. Today, we are continuing our NFL preview. Uh, this week, or this episode, we're going to be talking about our one of our favorite divisions, the AFC South. Uh, a lot to get through with this division. Um, I think we all agree this is sort of a two two-team race here, but uh, a lot of storylines to get to. Uh, let's start with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, obviously, with an 11-5 and finish last year, uh, they were snubbed out of the division championship. But with Phillip Rivers, they were able to make the playoffs, uh, eventually falling to Buffalo in the wild card round. Um, but a lot of expectations with this Indianapolis Colts team. They obviously bring in Carson Wentz uh, to fill the void at quarterback. And returning most of the same players from last year, um, so why don't we start it off with G? Um, what do you think about the Colts? Um, what is what do we have to look out for? Uh, what are the main storylines with this team? Well, I like that you're starting with me because resident Colts fan here, big fan, whole life. Um, there's a lot to get to with this team, including the injuries to both Carson Wentz and. Uh, Quentin Nelson, both with a foot injury, both pretty much have the same timeline, which is one of the biggest timelines I've ever seen, which is 5 to 12 weeks. And so no one really knows when they're coming back. But I did have a, a small theory about Carson Wentz that they're holding him out for, so he misses 25% of the snaps so that their pick traded stays a second instead of moving to a first. Or I believe if they make the Colts make the playoffs, it's he has to play seventy percent. So if he misses thirty to over thirty percent of the snaps, then the pick stays a second. So I have a theory that they're holding him up for that. But the the Colts pretty much are living and dying by Carson Wentz right now. As well as They've been saying Jacob Eason has been doing in training camp, which he's been doing. He did well today, apparently. He went, he went 11 for 11, in, or not 11 for 11, 9 of 11 in 11 on 11 drills. So it's not terrible, but you need experience at the quarterback level, especially when you're a team that's trying to make the playoffs again and actually compete. On offense, they have some key players like Michael Pittman is going to have to take a step up. Eric Fisher, they signed from the Chiefs. He's he's injured right now. He should be back later in the year to start at left tackle. And once the whole O-line becomes healthy, I believe it's one of the best in the league, if not the best. So that's obviously a big plus for the Colts. But the receiving core is not the best but if Michael Pittman can take a step up you obviously have T.Y. Hilton who's a reliable veteran at this point but there Frank Reich really relies on his running backs whether it's Jonathan Taylor uh, Naeem Hines Marlon Mack they still have I think he's gonna rely heavily on them to um, push them down the field and on defense there's a lot of key players like Darius Leonard obviously He's the heart of that defense, makes the defense go. Underrated aspect is DeForest Buckner, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. He always attracts doubles. He's great in 
um the run game he's like six seven so it's easy it's not easy for quarterbacks to throw over him whether it's screens or shallow routes so the Colts had a fantastic defense last year and I believe they can maintain this they did lose their OC Nick Sirianni who went to be the head coach of the Eagles but uh Frank Reich called plays anyways so it's not like we're losing our play caller so he was just really helping Frank Reich with the offense so it's not as big of a loss as if he was calling the plays but obviously the biggest x factor is Carson Wentz whether he can return to his MVP level form or at least close to that when Frank Reich was OC in um, Philly and obviously this wouldn't be complete without talking about Rodrigo Blankenship, the best kicker in the league, the My best looking kicker in the league. league, the goggles. Everyone's got to respect the specs, baby. Uh, if if the Colts win the division, I'm gonna get an a Rodrigo Blankenship jersey. You should have one already. Uh, you should have one already. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with G. Uh, I know a lot of it rests with Carson Wentz, but. Uh, my offensive X factor here will be Eric Fisher, um, the left tackle that they brought in to replace Anthony Costanzo. Um, he's coming in from Kansas City. Um, a, a lot of question marks with him coming off the Achilles injury. Uh, yeah, Eric Fisher coming off the Achilles injury. It's going to be really tough for to to kind of gauge how effective he'll be at left tackle. Um, as G said, this offensive line is arguably the best in the league. And, you know, a lot of that's predicated on the anchor um, at left tackle. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how he does uh, and if the running game can can still succeed um, with that offensive line. And then on the defensive side, uh, a big problem with the Colts last year was their inability to get to the quarterback. Uh, they did spend their first-round pick on the defensive end from Michigan. Um What's his name? Uh, Quiddy. Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay, yep. Um, so uh, I think he'll be slotted in to start right away. So I'll be interested to see how he does and if he, he can help out the defense and get him to the, to the quarterback. Um, and again, they Quid, also. Good. Uh, they also spent their second round pick on a D end out of Vanderbilt. So they're really looking at pass rushers in the draft. Right, right. So they definitely chose to address a, a definite weakness from 2020. Um, yeah, a lot of expectations. This wide receiving core, I'm not, I'm not so confident in. And you know, again, Carson Wentz, the biggest question mark is with him. Um, and I'm interested to see if they end up trading for Nick Foles because I want him off my Bears, and I know G is dying to have Nick Foles on the team. So is Frank Reich and the coaching staff. So, uh, for your sake, G, I hope we trade for him. Or they trade. I would rather start Jacob Eason 16 games than trade for Nick Foles. That's Super Bowl uh, champion Nick Foles to you. 17 um, games. I forgot the schedule stupid. Respect to Nick Foles. Big, well, big, the, don't it, tell it, me what to do, KB. It's funny that they have lacked uh, getting pressure defensively because last year they had the second best run defense in the league behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which. I felt like all last year you heard people talking about the Bucks shutting down running backs, but they didn't really mention the Colts. 
Um, and that was actually my defensive player. G brought it up earlier was DeForest Buckner. Um, he had nine and a half sacks last year and 26 quarterback hits. Um, and also alluding, he's just a massive human being that's very athletic. Um, so being able to get to the quarterbacks, definitely going to help with that. Um, I also agree with you guys, though. I was a little disappointed they didn't go out and try and get, not not necessarily a Julio Jones, but anybody impressive wide receiver-wise. Um, T.Y. Hilton has not been the same since Andrew Luck has gone away. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, granted, you know, he's had far less talented quarterbacks to work with, but um, his yards have gone down. His touch, he was never really a, a barn burner touchdown guy. <laughs> uh, but his act, the interesting thing about him is actually his catch percentage has stayed pretty consistent throughout the years. So he's still making catches, but when you don't really have, when you have a Philip Rivers who doesn't have an arm, he's not going to be throwing it downfield to. T.Y. Hilton, but also when you don't have another guy on the opposite of T.Y. Hilton, they can just double him all game. And the older he gets, it's going to be harder for him to break coverage like that. So that's why I was a little disappointed. I'm actually a little higher on the Colts this year. Um, obviously, the biggest thing is Carson Wentz, right? But they have a phenomenal line. I think they do have the best O-line in the league. Um, and especially once they get Eric Fisher back, integrate him into the system, it's only going to help. Um I also think it's interesting. Eric Fisher has been around. Um, that can only help Quentin Nelson. It's very hard. It's funny to say Quentin Nelson improved, considering he's arguably the best lineman in the league. Um, but I think having someone like Eric Fisher just to give a little tricks to the trade isn't going to necessarily hurt Quentin Nelson. So I actually really enjoyed that pickup in the offseason. Um, my, my X factor is actually Eric Fisher because I think, you know, if you sure up the left tackle, especially with someone who's a little injury prone like Carson Wentz, buy him some more time to uh, find open receivers because uh, I don't know if Michael Pittman could get it done. He didn't impress me last year. Um, granted, he could take a step forward. He almost has to take a step forward. Um, I think the running backs will be very involved. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of passing out of the backfield. But unfortunately, they have a very rough start to the season. Um, they play a lot of tough games out of the gate, which also I'm kind of on board with G in the aspect of I don't think he plays the first five weeks. It's five really tough matchups. Strategically, I think they do do this because apparently this is an old high school injury that he's dealt with before. When they went in for a cleanup, there was no further damage. So it should be a, it should on paper be a clean cut. How you do and move on. Um, but I don't know. It's very unfortunate because if Carson Wentz was game ready for 16 games, I think this would have this team definitely would have competed very much against the Titans. Luckily, the two other teams besides the Titans are dog shit in this division. So I think even without him starting until possibly week seven or week eight, maybe week six, I have him starting after those first five games. So I don't have him starting week one. That's just what I'm going to project. Um, I think they could still finish second and. It's going to have to be a hell of a performance by Carson Wentz, but maybe they squeak out a wild card game. Wow. Well, that's all the thing on the wild card game. I said, hey, listen, one extra game this year actually is in the favor when you're having a guy come back. And how many times have we seen wild card games been determined by one game? Like I said, he's going to have to do some crazy shit. If this is, if this is Carson Wentz, like prime Carson Wentz, it's not crazy. Yeah. Nah, I, I I agree with everything y'all have. Like, 
for me, for like my impact player on the offense is Quinnen Nelson. Because the Col- we all know the Colts have probably the best O-line in football. And now with Wentz at the QB, like this guy's been lit up his whole career. You know, last year he had he got sacked 50 times, which is insane, especially now with the foot injury. They that they got to got to protect them as much as they can, which isn't hard cuz you know, top one of the best. And on the defense, Darius Leonard, I have him, the heart and soul of the Colts defense. They got to keep the Colts in games and hold the defense to limited I mean, hold up the, their opposition to, you know, limited points. Especially cuz, you know, Wentz is going to be out for God knows how long if he goes on if he's out for an exper- an extended period of time you know their backups got to you know step it up you know what i mean and my x factor is is Wentz you know he's back with Frank Reich everyone is expecting them to have that that connection that they had in Philly when when they on they went on the run you guys think they just used Naeem Hines as a slot receiver this year they might. I think you're gonna see both of them in the game at the same time at some points. I think you're gonna see Taylor and Hines in at the same time. Kind of like the Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler duo back in the day when the fucking Austin Eckler was just taking slot receiving yardage. Yes. They I mean, might have to. They're gonna have to get cute. Hines and uh, who's their fucking uh, Hines and Jonathan Taylor? They're bo- they're their most talented skill uh, oh, yeah. skill players. One hundred percent. Mo Ali Cox. Yeah. <laughs> Molly Cox is just a massive human being. That's just gonna be every red zone target is Molly Cox. Uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna have to figure out a way to. What if we see like Hines, uh, Marlon Mack, and Jonathan Taylor on the on the you field? You could. The same time? Like you could. that's that's how bad the wide receiving core here is, and um, you know even if Jacob Easton starts, like. They're going to have to run the ball so many times. And luckily with that offensive line, they can get away with it. But, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough. The offense, it's it's not – I think Phillip Rivers covered up a lot of holes for them in 2020. That, um, at least in the regular season. He covered we just up have no idea what Carson Wentz we're getting. If he goes out there and looks bad again, maybe that was a fluke his rookie year when he was just – phenomenal and he fooled everybody um unfortunately once again he got hurt so then he's going to be justified another year of like okay well he was hurt last year um it sucks because i actually i figured carson Wentz behind a good colts o-line would have been very good for him um we've never actually seen him with a good full o-line um but it is what it is i mean the taylor or the quentin nelson one scares me a little more just i know it's a foot injury but bigger guy who needs obviously his footwork um that one scares me for flaring up a little more than uh Carson Wentz does especially we know the guy likes to play dirty and ag- not dirty isn't cheap but like get down in it aggressive loves to pancake and another thing with the Colts is it's a lot of running so he's gonna have to be mobile and move and get out in front so that one was actually one that I'm gonna be monitoring a little more than the Carson Wentz one right yeah um yeah, so I think we hit everything on the Colts. Um, why don't we move on to uh, the other team in this division that we have high expectations for, the Tennessee Titans. 
they ended up winning the division last year uh, off the tie. Uh, they end up having a home game for the wild card round against Baltimore, and they they blow it essentially. Um, I think this is an important year for the Titans. Um, they have all the weapons now. Uh, they obviously lost Corey Davis and Johnny Smith, but they picked up Julio Jones, uh, and they made some moves on they made some moves on the the defensive side of the ball that um, they expect that to be a bit a little bit better uh, than last year. So, Dilly, why don't we start off with you? I'm excited to see what are your expectations for this offense, especially Julio Jones. Um, Derek Henry, is he going to be able to produce like he did last year? And obviously Ryan Tannehill, this rides a lot on him uh, for this offense to get moving. We were actually talking about it a little bit before we started recording, and it's unbelievable what Derek Henry has done the last couple seasons. Um, I even joke that like at some point it has to regress, but like does it? Um, when this guy got drafted, he got kind of screwed because I believe it was, was it Deion Lewis he was splitting time with from the Patriots uh, when he came into the league. Um, which maybe he was holding them back. They didn't really get to see a full unleashed Derrick Henry until um, a few years ago. But my offensive player to watch is actually A.J. Brown. Um, he's going to get secondary coverage the whole time. Um, back-to-back years of 1,000 uh, receiving yards, 20 touchdowns in his first two years. Um, he's also averaging 17.4 yards per reception, which is fucking nuts. Um that obviously has to drop down a little bit, um, especially with, obviously, Julio Jones on the other side. But I actually think he does better than any year this year with Julio Jones, mainly because Julio's going to be doubled like he is all the time. And I think they're going to just keep using him as the deep ball guy. Um, Ryan Tannehill just keeps improving as a deep ball thrower, getting more comfortable in the system. Um, I, it just depends. Um, if they can all make this mesh, if that makes sense, because you have three guys that can all eat. And I hope it doesn't get until I go, you know, some guys are like, I want my, I want my targets. I want my targets. I want my targets. Julio Jones obviously has earned the right to get his targets, but he also seems like a guy that isn't asking for it. Um, And I'm a big Ryan Tannehill guy. Um, I think you bring up a good point. This is kind of his year to prove that it was the right decision for them to make him the franchise guy and take a bet on him. Um, Defensively, Bud Dupree is definitely a guy that I'm looking for. We all know what he did on the Steelers. He was a monster for years and years. Um, He is coming off an injury. Um, A little bit different than um, when um, Devin Bush, obviously same injury, same team, right? Difference is he's 28. Um, doesn't get easier to come back the older you get. Um, but that guy's a monster in the backfield. Uh, the Titans' defense was atrocious last year, to be kind. And I don't think that adding a, adding a guy like Bud Dupree isn't just a one-on-one player talent. It kind of motivates the whole defense as a core, right? Um, that, that was a big one for me. But my X factor is actually Taylor Lewan. Um, obviously got hurt last year. He's been a stud tackle for them. Arguably, if he goes back to form, he could be a top 10 tackle in the league. I don't think that's really up for debate. Um, but he's also seems like a culture guy, like one of those guys you want in the locker and on the field with everybody. So there's a lot of question marks for me. It's weird because I feel 
confident about this team, but I also have a lot of questions about this team. Um, but once again, I I like them. I mean, it's hard. Obviously, it's hard to argue that picking up. A, I mean, I was surprised that Julio went to the Titans. To be honest, I didn't think that was going to be one of the teams um, willing to go for it. But obviously, we know their head coach is a fucking psychopath. He said he chopped his dick off for a Super Bowl ring, so I'm sure he was willing to give up anything for Julio Jones. I was actually going back previously. I thought the Colts would have been in the running for Julio Jones, seeing a guy like with that talent try and bring him in and to make it worse it's in division so now the colts get to see julio twice a year um but yeah i'm pretty high on the titans what about you gino um yeah i'm you actually took both of my impact players i had aj brown and i had bud dupree you know we saw the beast that bud dupree could be when he was on the steelers i want to see him bring that fire over to tennessee then aj brown you hit it already it's going to help him out in coverage because, you know, everyone's going to have their eyes on Julio down out in the field. Then you also got to worry about, you know, you got to worry about Derrick Henry also. You know, Bale running back coming at you. And then for my X Factor, I actually got the, like, the thing y'all have y'all been seeing with me so far when we're breaking down these series is that for me, I've been saying a lot of the secondary guys, like the cornerbacks. When I was looking at the roster, outside of Janoris Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins got the most experience out of all of them. All the rest of the guys got like two years, three years. And they have a they have a tough schedule because you see that they're playing the Chiefs, they're playing the Rams. So you're going I can see them getting burned a lot on the outside. So they have to step up and do good in coverage this year. KB, what you got? I actually disagree with that take. I, I like what they did in the secondary. I actually really love their first round pick, Caleb Farley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, him replacing Malcolm Butler, I think that's an upgrade. Uh, obviously, Janoris Jenkins is there. And then they have Kevin Byard, who's one of the top safeties in the league. Uh, this secondary is going to do well. And with the addition of Bud Dupree, it takes uh, any pressure off uh, of the secondary to kind of. Um, mask uh, the defense here. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I agree with Dilly that this offensive line is really the key. They have all the weapons they need in Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. It's up to this offensive line, who have been re- relatively uh, I would say average to above average in, in, in run in being able to you know, with, with the run game, help Derrick Henry out, but in the passing game they have been struggling to keep Ryan Tannehill uh, upright and you know with these weapons you want to give Tannehill enough time to to go through his progressions and to find uh, who I think are both top five receivers in AJ Brown and Julio Jones um, yeah hot take so very yeah. <laughs> uh, at least coming into 2021 I, I like it though they, I like they it will be they're both top five receivers um I might save this for later, but uh, we, me and Dilly were talking about um, props for this year and uh, the receiving yards that AJ Brown and Julio Jones will get. I think that that they'll both be comfortably over a thousand yards, and um, I guess I'll, I'll I'll spoil it now. DraftKings has Julio Jones at nine ninety five, the over under, which 
I mean, he's hammering the over. Time. He's a thousand-yard god. Death, <laughs> with so taxes, Julio gain over a thousand yards. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, with Julio, he has experience playing with another top receiver, Calvin Ridley, albeit Calvin Ridley's not as talented as A.J. Brown, but uh, as much as A.J. Brown will benefit from having Julio Jones on the other side of him, I think Julio equally gets the benefit of having A.J. Brown on the other side of him. So um, a lot for the secondaries to think about when they go against the Titans. And Ryan Tannehill, this is his moment to prove why he is a top quarterback in the league. Um, and I think that there's a lot of pressure on him. Let's see how he, he handles it. So, G, anything else on the Titans? Um, no, I like the Titans as much as I hate to say it because they're in my division. Um, the pickup of Julio was fantastic. He was actually my impact player on offense because um, the Titans have one of the most amount of vacated targets this year with John o. Smith leaving, with Corey Davis leaving. So they bring in Julio to fill that fill those voids and you know what he gives you. He's going to be hyper-targeted, a lot of yards. But one thing Ryan Tannehill is good at is um, finding receivers at or near the end zone. And I think if Julio Jones can increase his touchdowns just maybe by just two, I think this team is going to be very scary with A.J. Brown on one side, Julio on the other side, Derrick Henry in the backfield. But my biggest X factor on this team is their defense. Like Billy said, their defense was not good last year. They have some good pieces, like Kevin Byard. I really like Jeffrey Simmons on the D-line. I think he's a monster. He fell to them in the in his draft because he tore his ACL like early in the season or maybe just before the draft or whatever. But he fell to them, and I think he's a really good player. But their defense as a whole needs to improve in order for this team to go further in the playoffs when they play teams like they're going to have to play the Bills, you're going to have to get through the Chiefs somehow. And their defense is going to be a real key to if they want to, if they're going to be able to go where they need to go. And that's to play those big teams with powerful offenses. So the defense is really going to need to step up. I love the Caleb Farley pick. He was, he was injured, which is, again, why he fell to them. I feel like the J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan went at like 8 and 9. Caleb Farley would not have fallen to the mid-20s if he wasn't injured. Caleb Farley is super talented, and if the reports come out that he's 100% healthy and 100% a go for this season, I think he's going to be a huge impact on the outside. So I really like this team, and I think they're going to be a really tough team to beat this year. Yeah, um, I think we all agree this is a two-team race. Uh, I'm interested, well, we can get the predictions at the end, but I'm interested to see who you guys have coming out on top. I think they both end up making the playoffs. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler, but um, yeah, it'll be a battle between them uh, all season long. So uh, with that, why don't we move on to our next team here, uh, the Houston Texans. Texans sorry. Do we have to? Uh I guess we have to. If They're there's a Little division. League name, the Houston Texans, they will probably have a better record than the Texans, Houston Texans. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, obviously, they had a down year of 4-12. They have 
lost a lot of pieces. They have a dumb well, franchise. I'll tell you what. And, tell you what. And listen, they're about better. to lose the biggest piece of all. So, um, Lord, no, please. Yeah. Who wants to start with this garbage team? I'll I'll take it because right, I think it'll be short. Um, <laughs> this team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just plain and simple. This team sucks. Um, they're gonna need a miracle to win more than six games, maybe more than four games. I don't think they win more than four. Welcome back, Keith. Shit, my bad. Yo, fix this in post. No, no. <laughs> uh, you like just started by saying they're basically a dog shit franchise. Yeah, they are. Um, I think they'll be lucky if they win more than four games, which I think their over under is four and a half, which I would probably slap that under. Oh, bro, we're slamming that slap under. That under. They're Come gonna, on. They're gonna have. They're gonna have to trade Deshaun Watson. He does not want to be there. He's playing like scout team safety in training camp because that's how bad he doesn't want to be there. And if I were them, I would trade every every piece you have that has value on this roster. You should trade Deshaun Watson, Laramie Tunsil, even Brandon Cooks. Just trade them all, get as much as you can. That's actually my biggest X factor: is getting as much as you can for these pieces and just starting the rebuild. Get first, seconds, because that's something they haven't had. Their first pick last year was a third round. It was a third rounder, and they took a quarterback, Davis Mills. That was their first pick, and that they're gonna need more if they're gonna turn this franchise around. So you gotta do whatever you can to get these picks, and they have for some reason maybe like eighteen running backs that they all they've all signed for no reason. It this team makes no sense. It's terrible. I'm done talking about it. It sucks. Yeah, this team reminds <laughs> me of like an eight year old getting a Madden franchise for the first time. And trading all their players away and not knowing what they're going to do. Um, I am very in the camp that the Texans will be competing for the number one overall pick next year. Um, offensively, under the new regime, I like Nico Collins as a receiver. Um, it's a step. Um, this team is going to be very bad for a very long time unless they trade everyone and try and get something back. Um, we did hear that apparently there's rumors of Deshaun of the Eagles heating up. Maybe you try and get Jayla Hurts. I'm not saying that's a great situation, but it's a quarterback that's better than anyone they have right now. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, defensively, I actually like that they picked up Desmond King. Um, 2018, he was an all-pro team slot corner. They're only paying him 3.5 mil. He's not even starting, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't, you know, like I'm. There wasn't a whole lot to pick here. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays a single snap for the Texans again. So, um, unfortunately, uh, this all started with the DeAndre Hopkins trade. After that, it was just they were bad before that, obviously. Um, but trading D Hop and getting back fucking um, David Johnson and. No real, fir- they didn't, I don't think they got a first round pick for him. Um, they got a second which, round pick, yeah. So, this, I, I, there's a this team is probably the worst team in the NFL. Um, just as a whole, they have this isn't a one draft fix, this isn't a two draft fix. This is a this could be a 10 year rebuild for all we know. They're not going to go anywhere quick. And if there's any Texans fans out there, I'm sorry, 
Um, Sorry, Mimi. There's a little bit. Yeah, good point. They don't have Uh, fans. That's all I got to say. Is you guys will enjoy the first overall pick next year. Uh, Don't fuck it up. I'm I'm (laughs) interested to see what they get in return for Deshaun. I know that um, because he he has publicly stated that he wants out, and you know with the little sexual assault allegations going on. Like, how much is a return really going to be for Deshaun Watson, who um, I know we've argued about this at length, that he is, when he's playing, he's a top-five quarterback. But, uh, you know, that's a big if at this point. So, I agree with Dilly. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays another snap in a Texans uniform. And I'm definitely taking the prop under four wins. And uh, we were talking about this before the podcast started. Um, there's a prop on DraftKings of the first or the team that goes winless, or the last team that has zero wins. The Texans are plus four fifty, so that's that's a good return on on that. So I, I take that in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, there's nothing more to say about this team. They, they fucking suck ass. So. Yeah, let's move on to a team that actually is gonna moving in the right direction. Yeah, let me just yeah. say this about the Texans. A lot of trash. That it's just an absolute joke of a franchise, and especially in Texas. Yeah, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I know we're a joke too, but the Texans are an even bigger joke. Um, Brandon Cooks, go to a different team. All right, next I up, we. You were a, I thought you were a, a Texans fan. No, nah. one of the, like the six teams you root for. No, definitely not. <laughs> Lord no. Um. Okay, let's move on to the last team in this division. I think the most interesting team, uh, despite their uh, patheticness over the years, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they had, obviously, the first overall pick in this year's draft, and they go with Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. And then uh, they surprised some people also uh, trading up in the draft to get Travis Etienne. Um, they've also made some moves. Uh, obviously, Urban Meyer is the new coach. He's going to bring a new flavor to Jacksonville. Um, and I think this is the start of a new era for the Jaguars. Um, let's see if they say in Jacksonville. That's another another thing to talk about so, some other time. But um, what do you guys think of this this team? Uh, I think they have a very interesting twenty twenty one season coming up, and um, you know, with their young young pieces, um, there, there's there's going to be a lot of eyes on this team regardless. Yeah, I mean. We all know the history with Jacksonville. They've always been, they've just been laughed at. But, but they made they did make that run back then, taking out surprising the Steelers. I think it was. But for my impact players on the offense, I actually got DJ Chark. They have fifteen wide receivers on the roster, and we all know DJ Chark was wide receiver one. So you know he's gonna have to. He's going to get celebration, help Trevor Lawrence out a little bit. You know, they didn't really – did they get anything for the offensive line? Because I, I don't think they got any they additions. They a lot of defensive pieces in the offseason. Yeah. They okay. drafted Walker Little in the second round. That's right. But, no. He's going to have to be – he's going to have to be great, create separation quickly for Trevor Lawrence to get him the ball. And for the defense, I actually got Clavon Chase on. That's how you say it. I'm sorry if I'm messing up the name, but Kalevon Kalevon, I'm sorry. It's 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 late. (laughs) It's late at the time we're recording this, but you know he's going into the second year, his second season. 
and he was the 20th pick last year of the draft. I really liked him coming out of college. You know, LSU says they are DBU. So I just want to see him be great for the X Factor. I wanted to say our Lord and Savior, Tim Tebow, but the O-line, I feel like the O-line is going to be the biggest X Factor for these guys. They have to protect Trevor Lawrence at all times. But, you know, that's with every organization. But, G, what do you think? Um, This team is opposite of the Texans, like y'all have said, because they're actually up and coming. I really like their drafts. Obviously, taking Trevor Lawrence first. ETN, I don't like running backs in the first round, but they made up for it with Tyson Campbell in the second, Walker Little in the second, and Andre Sisko in the third, who I think is a phenomenal safety in the third round. Um, my impact player on defense is actually C.J. Henderson, their cornerback out of Florida. I thought he was he had phenomenal tape coming out last year. He was QB or CB two behind Akuda, but I think he has sky high potential. And I really expect him to do big things this year. Um, Sneaky, the Jaguars have one of the best linebacker corps in the entire league with Shason, Jack, Schulbert, and Josh Allen. I think their linebackers are phenomenal. They, if they can build around that as the main point of their defense, I think they can create a defense similar to the one they had when they were the dominant team and they upset the Steelers. Yeah. So I think those four linebackers with C.J. Henderson is a good start. Um, my X factor, though, is getting Trevor Lawrence as much experience and progression as possible. Because this year, I don't see them really making much noise this year. So I think this year, you got to devote to making sure Trevor Lawrence is getting the best coaching he can, the best, um, the best experience he can, and... Because he's your franchise guy. He's the guy that's going to take you to the next level. He's, as many people call him, football Jesus because of his hair and the fact that he's amazing. Um, so if he's really going to be that next guy up, the next best quarterback, then you need to make sure you um, give him the right experience and make sure he can read defenses and adjust and is the guy you want him to be. So that's what I think is the should be their main focus this year, is making sure Trevor Lawrence is progressing properly. Yeah. Um, with this offense, it, it, it is interesting because the Jaguars return every single one of their starters on the offensive line. So in that sense, there is definitely continuity uh, with the O-line, albeit under a new regime. Um, these guys all have um, experience with each other, and they were the offensive line that led James Robinson to be a top five running back in terms of yards last season. Um, my X factor on this offense in particular is Travis Etienne. Uh, I know we have been vocal about not liking the pick in the first round for a running back, but I, I see Etienne being kind of used like an Austin Eckler type, like a gadget player. Um Having uh, James Robinson uh, being, uh, you know, the, the two down back, you can use Travis Etienne in 
different scenarios. I know they they were trying him out at receiver, um, and it, it's important to get someone like Trevor Lawrence, their rookie franchise quarterback, someone who he's familiar with, and we all know that him and Etienne were at Clemson for what felt like 20 fucking years, so um, you can't get more familiar than that, and um, with Urban Meyer, who also knows them pretty well, just being in the college game for a while, um, he's going to be able to to drop some schemes and some plays to get Trevor Lawrence connected with Travis Etienne and to have Trevor Lawrence be a bit more comfortable uh, in this offense. So um, I'll be interested to see how they use Etienne, um, if it's more out of the backfield or uh, maybe in the slot or out wide. Um, I do like the pickup of Marvin Jones. He goes pretty nicely with DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. So, yeah, this offense, it, it's a big question mark, but I, I think that they have some pretty good pieces to work on. Um, and then as far as the defense goes, I think the secondary is the biggest question mark here. Uh, they basically revamped the whole secondary. They brought in C.J. Henderson, Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, and then they brought in Shaq Griffin from Seattle, which I thought was a good pickup. Um, so let's see how they play together. As G mentioned, this this linebacking core is pretty good in front of them, uh, but let's see if they can have a secondary that competes with the likes of the Tennessee wide receiving core um, and the other good receiving cores in the AFC. Uh, Dilly, anything on the Jaguars? Uh, I they're going to be a fun team to watch. I feel like we've been hearing about Trevor Lawrence the last ten years since he's probably an eighth grader. Um, Definitely one of the most hyped college quarterbacks in a very long time. Um, my impact player on offense is actually Los Visca Chenault because I think he has the potential to take over as the number one receiver on this team. We've seen what you get out of DJ Chark, just a big body downfield. Um, LaVisca Chenault seems more of a route runner. He has more of a complete package as a wide receiver. Um, he only had 600 yards and five touchdowns last year, but – I mean, Gardner Minshew and Mike Glennon were throwing the ball. Not a lot to work with. It's only going to improve. Um, I'm very interested. My X factor is Urban Meyer because it's either going to go very well or very bad quick. Um, I definitely think he's going to try and make it a college-style offense. Um, we've seen other coaches come out of college and try the same thing, and it doesn't work. Urban Meyer, obviously one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Um, if there's going to be some trick plays and it's going to take some time to figure stuff out, um, doesn't hurt having Trevor Lawrence <laughs> as your quarterback to work with. Um, I was also, I actually think the Marvin Jones pickup is a little underrated. Um, he brings that veteran presence to the team and he's going to be a good possession guy, um, when they need a bailout, because as much as I love Mimi about Tim Tebow, I don't even think he should make the team. Um, judging from if you're gonna it, if he makes a team that's not based on skill I'll put it that way um, I think you're gonna need a possession guy and on defense it's actually Shaquille Griffin I thought Shaquille Griffin was a good pickup for them defensively the guy's been very consistent on the Seahawks uh, pretty much 60 tackles every year as a secondary corner um, every single year, his yards allowed thrown at him has gone down, which is impressive because I feel like over the last three years, the Seattle defense just gets worse and worse. Um, so this is kind of him getting to branch away from the Seattle um, secondary bullshit and be part of like a new regime, a new up-and-coming team. 
I think they're going to be fun to watch, and I think they steal a few more games than people are going to give them credit this year. Um, whenever you – obviously, I'm just expecting Trevor Lawrence to be game ready day one. Um, I don't think it's even close to a quarterback competition. If you drafted Trevor Lawrence the number one overall pick, you're definitely starting Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I'm actually more – this is one of my teams that out of everyone we've done, a team that's rebuilding – I'm more excited for because I didn't think they had a bad draft and I didn't think they made bad free agent moves. And it's kind of weird when you see that with a new coach coming in and a new franchise guy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little higher on the Jags than I would assume some people are this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely something to look forward to with the, those Jaguars, which we haven't been able to say in a couple of years. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just hope they use Trevor Lawrence properly. I love Trevor Lawrence. He's he was probably he's like the perfect prospect quarterback. So I just hope they use him properly and get the most out of him. I'm not joking. Like besides him, what what college quarterback do you remember? We heard about Trevor Lawrence like five years, like eighth grade freshman year of high school. Like, oh, those guys are going to the fucking NFL. Who's the uh, last college quarterback that came out that was like that far back recruited? That was that hype that you guys remember? Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck. Eli Manning. Woo! So it's been some time. So I feel <laughs> like with, with Joe Burrow, he was kind of like a last season, like, oh, he got hyped out of nowhere, right? Like, um, a lot of these guys are like, uh, even like, um, I remember no one has talked about Josh Allen. And then at his pro day, he was having crazy, he was just throwing fucking nukes downfield. And then he moved up in the draft. Uh, but I feel like right. it's very rare that you see a guy who it's like, dude, in four years when he's like not 12, that guy's going to the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Lawrence is one of the only guys to come into college as the projected first overall pick in his draft and stay that project that first overall pick throughout the, his college career. Like, if you look at the quarterback drafted first, you have Joe Burrow transfer. Baker Mayfield was a transfer. Kyler Murray was a transfer. So no no guy has had as much hype around him as Trevor Lawrence has since probably Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, what a lot of scouts were saying was he's the best quarterback we've seen since Andrew Luck. So that's that's a lot of pressure, but I think Trevor Lawrence has the skill to back it up. Fucking yeah, bars, plus, unless, unless you're in that division, how are you going to be like, fuck the Jaguars? <laughs> right? yeah. What have the Jaguars done to anybody? Their best roster in the last 10 years was fucking Blake Bortles at the helm. Hey, they almost went all the way. I believe in the Jaguars this year. Um, I do. I do, too. I, they're going to be a fun team. They're going to be a fun Madden team. Tell you yeah. that much. Yeah, that's about it. All right. Um, <laughs> so before we give our predictions, let's just give um, just one bet we, we liked uh, out of all these four teams. Uh, I know we talked about this before the podcast started. Um, I, I, I'll go first. On DraftKings, I saw a special prop where it is plus 900 for the Titans to win their first five games. And we looked at their first five games. They have the Cardinals, and then they have the Jags, uh, the Texans. I forgot who was there. Oh, week two, they, they're at Seattle. That's their only yeah. hard game the first five games. So you're basically betting plus 900 for them to win at Seattle, which I don't think is out of, I think they can do it. So uh, Titans to win the first five games. I'm going to take that plus 900 and 
hope to God, week two, that they go into CenturyLink Field or whatever the fuck they call it now, and they win it in Seattle because they have a cakewalk for the next three weeks. Yeah, I'm actually – I wish I could parlay this because I would, but uh, Julio Jones, six and a half touchdowns. I think he hits the over on that. Um, I think the days of Julio getting three or four touchdowns a season is gone. Um, all it's going to take is a couple breakaways and then three red zone targets for him to get that. I don't think that's going to be difficult. I'm also going to hammer the yardage for Julio Jones, 995 on a guy that historically puts up 1,300 yards a season. Yeah, Seems a little crazy time. to me. That's so I'm I'm out of just the disrespect. I'm gonna hammer both of those. It's um, Julio season, baby. Yeah, Julio! yeah, it's definitely Julio season. G. Um, I like yours more than I like mine. I couldn't really find one, so I took uh, Jonathan Taylor plus eight hundred to lead the league in rushing yards. I think with behind that old line with Carson Wentz missing, I think he they're gonna rely on him heavy. And that plus eight hundred can't go wrong, but I like yours better than I like mine. Do you think he gets the carries to get that? Potentially. Could you imagine Derrick Henry behind that Colts O line? That's a three thousand yard all purpose rusher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chino, what do you got? Um, mine was the Julio Jones, not over nine ninety five. You know, like I said earlier, death taxes. Julio Jones going over a thousand yards. I every thought you were season. saying you were taking the under on that. I was like, I'll bet that on DraftKings and I'll bet a hundred on that with you straight up. No, he is over a thousand. Kind of. Nah, easy over uh, for me. All right, cool. Um, so with that, let's get to our predictions. Um, I think we all agree the Texans are finishing last. Yes, sir. Uh, let me just yes. ask you this: Do you think that they win a game this season? Yeah, yeah I have them finishing with one win. Um, one in sixteen. One in yeah. sixteen. One in sixteen. Something always yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, something always fucking happens. They do play the Jets, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't. I think the Jets are gonna be better than people think this year, but it's still the fucking Jets. Okay. Um. So let's move on. Uh. And third, no surprise, I have the Jaguars. I have them going five and twelve. Five and twelve. <laughs> Five and twelve. Five and twelve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we we think that that they'll definitely win a handful. I think of they're games. gonna steal some games. I think they're gonna. I think teams are gonna play down to them, and Trevor Lawrence magic's gonna happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of play spoiler this season, and you know, late game or late season game where you know they're playing a team that has playoff implications riding on their backs, and Trevor Lawrence steals a game like. They have that potential, mm-hmm. so I like the Jags at five and twelve. Uh, another building year, they're gonna get probably another good draft pick. Uh, let's see what they do next off season to improve. Um, but yeah, now we can move on to the real conversation here. Um, the top two. Uh, I'll just start by saying I think it's gonna be close. Um, I think they're only gonna be separated by a game. Uh, with that said. I have the Tennessee Titans winning the division over the Indianapolis Colts. I do think they both make the playoffs, as I had said before. I have the Colts finishing at 10-7 and seven, with the Titans finishing at 11-6. and six. I have I the, the exact same. Finishing at 9-8 and eight, and the Titans finishing at 11-6. and six. As of now. G. 
have the exact same. If Carson Wentz was healthy, I would have the Colts winning. I honestly, I don't think that's crazy. I think if Carson Wentz played all sixteen, they might beat the Titans this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of questions are question marks with the Titans defense. And he can start week one. We don't even know Carson right. Wentz gonna be back. Five week to twelve. One. Five to twelve, baby. Five to twelve. Going back to what G said at the beginning of the podcast, five to twelve weeks is the, the dumbest timeline I, I've ever heard. When yeah, I saw I said, Fuck it, let's give it to Quentin Nelson too. Yeah, when I saw Shepter tweet that out, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know the difference between five and twelve weeks? That's insane. Yep. It's almost two months. It's almost a two month difference. How are you not gonna know? Yeah. Um so before we wrap up, I just want to ask, what's the ceiling for the teams in this division? Do you think that they have potential to make a title game, AFC title game, division round? Like I don't know if they're Colts, they're better Super than Bowl. any of the other teams. Ah, oh, shut up, G. Not the Super Bowl, no. That's what you think. Uh, well, I, man, it sucks because all the top dogs in the AFC. So you're obviously gonna have oh, spoiler, Chiefs, right? Um, you're probably gonna have either the Bills or the Dolphins, and then you're either gonna have the Ravens or Browns. They're going against. So you have to ask, are the Colts or Titans better than either of them? The Titans, to me, have a higher ceiling just because yeah. of the offensive player personnel. Um, I, It just sucks because of the Carson Wentz thing. If it, Carson Wentz was healthy, I think they have a safer floor. I think the Titans have a higher ceiling. It's hard to argue that they have Julio Jones and Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. Hard to argue that they don't have a high ceiling. If they were to be, they would be in second. To third, I don't think anyone beats the Chiefs unless there's an injury, which I'm not saying, but maybe, maybe second or third. There's no way they went out in the AFC though. Yeah, I agree. Well, not it'll either. be interesting to see for sure. Uh, but I think we can wrap Just up. Just gotta wait and see. Yeah, for sure. Go Jags. Yeah, go Jags. Go Colts. Uh, we're so Jags podcast the, now. Uh, that was the AFC South. No, we're not. Go Colts. <laughs> Uh, what do what are we doing next, boys? The NFC NFC North, baby. What are you right, talking we'll do, about? It's we'll time do to the get NFC to war. Yeah, it's time to go to war. It's, yeah, gonna it's, be spicy. it's time to get to actual work here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, next time we'll do the NFC North. Um, hope you guys like the AFC South breakdown. Um, so as always, you can find us at the Dump Off Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and we're at the Dump Off on TikTok. Uh, be sure to follow our TikTok. We got some some cute faces on there especially dilly so be sure to leave us a five-star <laughs> review and if you guys leave a question we will read it out on the podcast no matter how deep and dark the question is oh, uh and you can find me at kb some swag on twitter g where can they find you at g martini on twitter and at Jolico martini on instagram dilly you can find me at dilly slays on twitter and twitch chino how about you you can find me at iChino12 on Instagram and on Twitch, and also on Twitter at Fettuccino12. And we will plug Taryn's socials below. He couldn't end up making this podcast. He will be back next time. At Taryn Carabello on all social media. His his internet's connected using shoestring, so that's yeah, he, make it. he just moved, so you know technical yeah. issues. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Peace. Later. Have a good one, guys. See ya.